Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. And this is Whitaker Weekly. Let's get right into it. All right, a bunch of news uh, this week. Oh, yes. Uh, real fast. Um, I'm a big fan of the 1995 Mortal Kombat movie. Most people I know who know the movie enjoy it. It's a, it's it, a, cult, it's a cult classic. It, it's conceivable. It is arguably the greatest video game movie ever made. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Um, anyways, uh, the the gentleman who played uh, Shang Tsung in that movie, Kari uh, Hiroyuki Tagawa. Yes. It turns out he's reprising the role for Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, they're using oh. his motion capture. They're using his face. His likeness, using, yes. his, his likeness. And he's even doing the voice of Shang Tsung <laughs> for Mortal Kombat 11. That is amazing. You should take a look at the picture. On the I, 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 I have, I've, have? Seen, okay. I've seen this this week. And I've, I'm yeah. just so glad that this got the okay. mention in our episode. And a bunch of shows get second seasons. Uh, yeah. Cells at Work is getting season two. Don Machi. Uh... uh is it wrong to, pick, to try to pick up girls in the dungeon is getting yep. a season two? And then ReZero is getting a season two as well. And I'm Yay. actually really excited about that because apparently a lot of people end up hating Amelia. Ended up hating, I think her name's Amelia? Yeah. Amelia at the end of season one. Well, the problem is Amelia didn't get a lot of screen time in season one. Yeah. And so, Whereas, and Rem got all the screen time. Yeah. And where, so, people hey. with the uh, people who read the light novels totally get why uh, our main character picked. Amelia over Rem, but anybody who's an anime only has no idea. Yeah, well, and like I was going to say, Which the, the my, show... Myself included. I have no idea why Amelia is uh, more desirable than Rem. The show, and, well, how many times did Rem... How many times has Amelia tried to kill the main character as opposed to Rem? <laughs> First of all, there's that. But anyways, um, the show ends right before the light novels really kind of dig into Amelia and Amelia's character. Mm. So people who've read the light novels are are much more open to Amelia rather than uh, people who've just watched the anime. Right. Um, but and anyways, a, a teaser trailer for it dropped, and it basically is just uh, our main character walking through a field of dead bodies, walking up to some woman in a gazebo drinking tea, mm. and given the smirk on her face and the just general wicked nature of her posture, I. Th I think he's finally going to confront the witch who's put a spell on him to possibly him to do what he does. I don't know, maybe. I mean, or either that or one of her many, many alkalites. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, again in the news, Shiro Bako, another show that we watched uh -huh. uh, and we reviewed recently, actually, it's getting a movie. But instead of the regular 90-minute run for an anime movie, it's got 120 minutes. Oh, wow. Uh, because it just has so many characters and so much uh, story in order to give... Uh, give enough time to all the characters and to properly tell the story they're going for 120 minutes instead of 90. Good for them. fine by me. Good for And them. then today I got an email from Bethesda and I found a news article on it and we're going to share it here but I um, today Bethesda has launched early access for the Elder Scrolls Blades for Android. I think also for uh, iPhone. Okay. In order to get access to early access, you had to pre-register for it. You had to go to their website and register for it back in E3 of last year. Okay. Which I did. 
Um, and I played it a little bit during lunch at work today. It's, it's for a cell phone game, holy cow. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'm positive that it's draining the crap out of my battery when I play it. But, um... Probably. It, it's it's early access, so things are still likely to change, but I'm really happy that, like they've said, because you're one of the early access people, everything that you do will carry over to your file in the main, when the main game is released. Okay. So it's not just you're going to play it and then they reset stuff, play it, you, they reset stuff. It's not like, it's not like, a te it's not like that. And then today, Joy of Joys, this is something that has kind of been teased for a while, but today, Joy of Joys, Gearbox dropped a teaser trailer for Borderlands 3. 3. And it looks awesome. I mean, it's just this... You, it's this incredible teaser where it just shows, like, these 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 statues. Uh -huh. um, and um, it cuts back, and there's a couple... Of, uh, and, uh, like, the, the camera pans around as it zooms back, and it shows all these... Like, there's a, there's a, a class of enemy called Psychos. Uh -huh. It's the guy that has the crazy mask on the cover. That's a Psycho okay. in uh, Borderlands. And there's this psycho holding up a symbol and there's all these other psychos bowing down and praying to him and it's all just this one continuous statue and then finally it cuts back and the camera angle changes a bit to where all those statues are lying together to make a white outline a, a light a picture a white picture of the psycho mask and then the eyes light up and it's uh, and then after that it just says mayhem is coming <laughs> and tomorrow i want to say it's at noon our time uh -huh. Um, they're going to have the official reveal. And I'm very, very excited. Borderlands 2 was probably my, my first or second favorite uh, game that came out last generation. I, I think it was Borderlands 2, but I could be wrong. But I saw a, a video the other day that was really, really funny. It uh -huh. featured, um, basically this guy was walking through the desert and the narrator was talking about, I want to warn this man. I want to tell him how dangerous it is out here. And what and the, the oh, kind yeah. of thing, mm -hmm. the kind of um, the kind of dangers he faces. But whenever I open my mouth, all that comes out is, "I am the shiniest bicycle. I am the shiniest meat bicycle." <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> is one. Of, that's one of the DLC characters for Borderlands Two. That is uh, Krieg the Psycho, <laughs> and it's awesome. Like he in in the trailer, he meets. Um, and, and, well, the tra the trailer ends. In here, in here, the trailer ends with. Him killing the guy that he wanted to warn. It was, eh, close enough. Well, the, the trailer... Well, that was a, yeah, that was a little bit of the clip, but the, the official long trailer is yeah. him also meeting Maya, who's one of the original four... One of the four playable characters uh -huh. in Borderlands 2. And um, he's just thinking to himself, oh my goodness, this is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my entire life. She's incredible. She's graceful. She's deadly. This is amazing. Please, please, please... When you open your mouth, say something that makes sense. Tell her that she's beautiful. Tell her that she's ravishing. Tell her that she's the most incredible thing you've ever seen in your entire life. I am the conductor of the poop train! I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. It's so good. He's trapped inside his own brain and he can't uh -huh. do anything about well, it. And then because he's a psycho, she starts attacking him. Uh -huh. uh, because psychos are generally enemies. And he goes and he like protects himself. Um, but then these other cycles are coming up from, uh, behind, and, uh, she doesn't notice them because he's there, she's fighting him, and finally they're about to get her, and he jumps out from cover, and he just screams, 
in his psycho voice, watch out, pretty lady, as he does one of his special moves, which is throwing his axe, which is a like a metal rod with a buzzsaw at the end of it. Okay. And he throws it, kills one of the psychos, and he goes over and murders the other psychos. And then he says something inane, just crazy again, and the inner voice says, eh, close enough. <laughs> as, uh, yeah. So, it's, yeah, yeah, I love Borderlands. But anyways, Bor- yeah. And, and I, I think it was, I think it was last week we established that uh, the character, um, uh, Beautiful Jack. Was that oh, 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 no, it's Handsome, Handsome Jack. Jack. Hans- Handsome mm-hmm. Jack it seems to be directly designed off of the EA CEO. Yeah, yeah, well, there's also a picture of the villain from Mirror's Edge Catalyst, which is a sequel slash prequel to Mirror's Edge, hmm. which is a free-running game, um, and the villain in that also looks exactly like him, and that's an EA-made game, hmm. or it's made by DICE, who's owned by owned by EA. And before, anyway. before we move on to the next segment, I just want to wish a uh, happy birthday to a certain voice actress whose uh, name came up in my uh, Facebook feed. Oh, yeah. Crunchy mm-hmm. Roll. Um... Her name is uh, Aoi Yuko. Aoi Yuko? Um, I think so. Aoi. Aoi Yuko. And um, Crunchyroll's Facebook feed is has occasionally has, when they celebrate the birthday of a Japanese voice actress or actor, they'll have a collage of the various characters that they've played. Aoi Yuki. You, Aoi Yuki. Okay. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Aoi Yuki. Um, voice actress for Froppy from My Hero Academia. Uh, Tanya from Tanya the Evil, Saga of Tanya the Evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? Um, she is also she plays uh, Popoko in one of the bits uh, because. But every, who hasn't? Everybody at this point has played Popoko or Pee Pee Me. Uh-huh. Um, uh, she plays the title character in uh, Aho Girl. She's Aho Girl. She, she uh, Tsunami or she's a. Uh, uh, it's not Tsunami, it's, um, I can't remember what her name is right now, but she's the, she's the, uh, the, the psychic. psychic with the green hair in mm-hmm. One Punch Man. Yeah. Whose older sister, I think, is named, Tor- no, her name's no. Tornado, isn't it? She's the older sister. Well, her bigger mm-hmm. sister, her, her physically larger sister. Yes, yes. Who is younger, but taller and bustier. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is also Diane in Seven Deadly Sins. Yes, she is. Um, she is the, the vampire queen in Dance with the Vampire Bund. Um, uh, she was the... Basically, main character of the second arc of Sword Art Online season two, the one that Asuna makes friends with, who dies of a who dies of a terrible disease. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is, um, and there was also um, she's one of the girls in Madoka Magica. Um, I think she's the title character. In Madoka is that Madoka? Magica. Yeah, uh, I'll have to look. And then she is, um, oh shoot, uh, she is the girl from Erased, the one, oh. the, the young girl from Erased. So, yeah, we've actually done a number of episodes of our podcast featuring mm-hmm. her work. We sure so. have. We sure so have. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Happy birthday. All right. Awesome. Well, if that's the case, I think that's it for the news today. Let's go ahead and uh, move on to three episodes in. And this week was my pick, and I chose Karakuri Circus. After inheriting the family fortune, 11-year-old Masaru Saiga is targeted by kidnappers armed with the bizarre and deadly puppets. He escapes once, aided by circus employee Narumi Kato, but the kidnappers soon catch up with them. Just when all seems lost, the two are saved by the mysterious Shirogane, who wields her own marionette. From then on, the trio fates become inexorably intertwined. Yep. 
Uh, that's actually a pretty good synopsis of just the first episode. Yeah, that is. That's that's pretty much exactly what happens in the first episode. Um, we see um, we we see the boy like there's kind of at the very beginning the the boy um, Masaru. Uh-huh. He has um, like we he's kind of sees a vision of uh, he's at a circus. Um, the 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 introduction of mm-hmm. the show talks about how circuses were meant to create delight and wonder. Mm-hmm. However, there was one circus who was meant to spread horror and mm-hmm. fe- and dread. And he sees all these puppets, which I think we've seen most of them in the show at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong about that. I'll, I'll have to double check from the opening. Uh, we at least see Harley Quinn, even though they say Harley Quinn in the English for some reason. Online, it's just Har- they just say Harlequin, Harlequin for yeah. like... Uh, I looked up. I looked at the wiki to double check something, and it does say Harlequin throughout the entire wiki. Mm. Um, but anyways, he um, he sees this vision, and these uh, and these performers who are dressed exactly like the puppets start slaughtering the audience. And he, and uh, then it gets so close up of him, just absolutely horrified. Then start the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Um. And then cut to, and then when the opening credits ends, we get introduced to Kato. Who is wearing a giant bear suit and handing out balloons and invitations to yep. uh, a circus. Flyers and balloons to invite people to come see the circus. He's a part-time employee. So, so at first I'm very suspicious about what is going on here because we just saw a circus slaughter people. And now we're seeing somebody invite other people to a circus. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. so tonally you're, it keeps you on edge of, okay, what is going on here? What, mm-hmm. what, what's happening? And we also get a glimpse at pretty early on. Of Shiragane. We see a woman getting mm. dressed in a... Uh, I'm trying to remember yeah. when exactly that happened. But that, that's, woman... near, that's near the very beginning. I think that's yeah. right before we see uh, we see the, 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 two, the two boys. We, well, so we see a, a woman, very elegant, with silver hair, short silver hair, getting dressed in what appears to be like a trapeze artist get-up. Yeah, just a, ju- a jumpsuit. A jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Um it's a it's sequin sparkles and it's yellow with red polka red giant polka dots. Yep, real uh, polka, polka dots with sequin and it's all made of sequins so it's all sparkly mm-hmm. and, um, and she's just being told you know get ready for the next thing, and she says okay, and so we don't know about her either. We just know she's involved in the circus mm-hmm. or some entertainment performance. Mm-hmm. So. We don't know if she's a good guy or a bad guy. We don't know if the mm-hmm. bear's a good guy or a bad guy this early in the state. In yeah. The, in the episode. Um, and so, like, the bear's hanging stuff out, like we said. And uh-huh. then the boy, uh, and, Masanu, uh, Masane, or blah, 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 Mas- Masaru, my bad. Masaru, mm-hmm. he, um, he comes up with this massive suitcase and, uh. He, he's rolling a suitcase down, but down an alleyway bigger than himself. Mm-hmm. And he loses, uh. Long story short, he ends up running into the bear. He runs into the bear, um, literally. Mm-hmm, literally, he runs into the bear, and he apologizes. He feels so bad. And the bear just kind of looks at him and hands him the flyer. And the boy says, where's the circus? And then we get the inner right. monologue of the bear, where he's just like, really, a runaway? He actually looks like he's from a pretty well-off family. What's going on here? I can't really tell him where the circus is. Uh, yeah. That that would be wrong of me to do that. Which is, And what's great is that this whole time the bears had a very pleasant, light-sounding voice. Uh-huh. And then when it goes to his inner monologue, it sounds like a bored Yakuza. Uh, <laughs> it which sounds which like makes you distrust him even more. You're just like, what's going on here? It's so true. Mm-hmm. But, um... <laughs> 
And the boy dejectedly goes off after he's rejected by the bear. and But then the bear starts having some kind of an attack, a panic attack, something like that. Uh-huh. Turns out he's got this very rare condition where he, his body starts strangling himself. And the only way to get out of it is to make somebody laugh. And we see his inner monologue. And then we see his face kind of... Uh, like as he's as he's struggling to breathe, we see his face inside the bear mask, struggling for breath, and it's a very very silly looking face. Yes. Um, and I and, and actually, I... his face reminded me of uh, other characters from you know mid '90s anime, yeah, uh, including mm-hmm. um, specifically um, there was a Gunsmith Cats uh, spinoff called Riding Bean, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the main character from that kind of has the same facial. Yeah, features. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I noticed that as well. Um, I definitely noticed that. Um. The like um, real fast. We'll just say he he does this like he tries to do all these moves and things to get the audience to laugh, but he's like get the people around him to laugh, but nobody laughs because it's just so weird. But then the boy ends up laughing. Masato mm-hmm. ends up laughing and saves uh, Kato's life. Um, and uh, but anyways, yeah, there's a very very much a feel of like like just right off the bat, I was like, this very much feels like a '90s anime. Um, and I took a look at it, and I just want to go ahead and say that, um, it was like, yeah, no, like, well, you don't really see this a lot in newer anime, most of the time characters I want to say are around the same age, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but for a long time, you know, um, especially like, you know, in the 70s and 80s, there'd be one character who's a child amongst all the adults. I mean, like, Fist of the North Star, really... That has no reason. That has no real reason to be there by Kenshiro the entire time. There was this trope in a lot of media mm-hmm. that had an injectable character, had had a had a point of view character that was relatable to about the age group the show was yeah, intended that's, for. Yeah, that's 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 why so, those characters were there, and so that's mm-hmm. why Wesley was in Star Trek: The Next Generation. That's why the little kid from uh, was in Fist of the North Star. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. But that trope has has not been used very often. Not, not lately. Not lately. No. And one mm-hmm. and actually because of that trope, the the creators of Burn Notice weren't sure the show was going to work because they didn't have one of those kind of characters. They had, the main characters were all in their forties, mm-hmm. and so and it, it was great. What, nobody cared. Nobody cared. It was yeah. the, it was an amazing show, and nobody cared. Nobody the main cared. Characters were yeah. in their forties. No, as long as the show is quality, people are going to watch it. So and, and so it mm-hmm. so it kind of broke the mold for that trope. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, um, I went and I looked up this, that's the reason I was on uh-huh. the wiki is because I looked up, I looked up who the original author was uh-huh. and the original author, I didn't write down his name. I mean, I guess I can go ahead and look up here since I've got my anime list uh-huh. right here, but the original, um, story was written by Fujita Kazuhiro. Okay. The same guy who made Ushio and Tora. <laughs> oh, I need to watch that. I think I've seen maybe the first half of the first episode, but it's so good. It's so good, and and it, and it does mm-hmm. have that that mid nineties mm-hmm. art style and, to it. Yeah, well, and he made he made just such incredible stories, but the arts, the anime of the nineties, just did not. You know, it didn't meet what his stories needed and now that we have like our animation like the animation quality and techniques have increased to the point to where now they can do it uh-huh so so he wants the art style but he wants improved technique um 
Well, it's his own art style, but I don't, like, it's, like, Ushio and Toro was just phenomenal. Uh Um, And also, I looked it up, and... What else has he done? (laughs) Oh, no, no, well, he's done some stuff I've never heard of, but I just want to say that, um... Um... (laughs) Kato is also voiced by Ushio, the tiger demon. (laughs) Ah! He looks like the... And Shirogane (laughs) Uh is voiced by the main villain. The embodiment of evil. Well then. Uh-huh. Somebody likes working with the same crew. Possibly. I don't know. But yeah, I looked it up and I was just like, wait, she's in Ushio and Toro as well. Wait, it says supporting cast. Who's this character? I clicked on it. It's the picture of the main villain. I'm just like, <laughs> holy crap. <laughs> so yeah. So um, Kato is the same voice actor. It's uh, Kyo, Kyo, sorry, Koyama Rikia. Uh-huh. And he also voiced, Ush- voiced Ushiro, and he's got a huge list. He's been a voice actor for quite some time, okay. and so has she, uh, Haya- Hayashibara Megumi. So, anyways, wait. Can I see her list real quick? That name sounds very familiar. Her? Yes. Let's not spend too much time looking at the list. We want to keep talking about the show. Right. 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 She's Faye Valentine. Well, then there you go. She's been she's been doing anime for a while. Yeah, she has. All right, just we were talking about Excel Saga, and there was a voice actress named Megumi. Oh, is she her? No, no, no. Well, she's Haruko in uh, Footy Kuri. the crazy girl with the pink hair, okay. the guitarist. Yeah. Okay. So wait, oh, in um, is she is she involved in Excel Saga? Is that the Har- is that the Megumi? The Megumi. Oh, no, 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 no. That was... No, 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 a different one. That's not Excel Saga. That's not Excel Saga. No, no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the Slayers. The yeah, Slayers. Slayers. Right. Is, is she the one from the Slayers that uh, Megumi is named after? Let me check. <laughs> yeah, she's Lena Inverse. So that's who Megumi got her name after. Thank Megumi you. was named after I, her. I... I thought I knew that name, yep. but I was looking in the E's, and I know I should have scrolled to the S's. Yep. Okay. She is Lena Inverse, one of the greatest anime characters of all time. Yes, she is. <laughs> anyway, um, so let's go ahead and move on from there. Um, so they get on, like, he, tr- the the boy immediately gets grabbed by three tall guys in suits. Yeah, with we, the mm-hmm. pale-faced Yakuza. Pale-faced Yakuza. And he's like, wait, they're kidnapping the, and um, I was about to say Toro, but that's uh-huh. uh, that's not his name. No, oh, wait, no, 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 Ushio is the boy, Toro's the tiger, my bad. Yeah. My bad. So he's Toro. So, Ushio and Toro. Masaru um, gets his mouth covered and then is held in a specific way so that other people don't see him amid the three of them. The only person who saw the kidnapping was Kato. Kato. And Kato realizes he needs to do something. And, you know, maybe these kids are, those are his caretakers, and they're just bringing him home. Uh, but I can't deal, I can't deal with this, so I'll apologize if it's, if it's a misunderstanding. And then he goes and just decks all three of them. And he, and he's a pretty good martial artist. He just takes out all three of them like they're nothing. But then they get back up. Like, one of them grabs him, and he's really strong, but he gets out of the, he, like, twists his arm to get out of it. (laughs) And then dislocates the guy's shoulder, but it comes out so easily, and then the guy turns around as if it's nothing. Um, yeah, well, the, and the fight really started when he hits one of them in the head 
part, the think he's thinking he's gonna just knock him out and get the police to come over, and he hits the guy in such a way that his head bends at the neck in a way that would kill a normal person. Makes you think that it snapped his neck. Yeah. Like, oh, did I take this too far? And then his head slowly return returns to where it was, mm-hmm. and you realize he's not dealing with humans. Yeah. And yeah. so he grabs a boy, grabs a suitcase, and runs. And runs, and they end up on a train. Um, and, uh, this train, like, the boy is kind of filling him in, saying that, uh, his grandfather told him that he needed to, uh, take this, if, if the time ever came where his father died, mm-hmm. and he was still young, and he was, like, seven at the time, I think, when he told him this, um, if the time ever came when your father dies, uh, take that suitcase and then go to the nearest circus and look for Shirogane. Yeah. Shirogane will help you. And he's like, wait, and so he, that's what he's doing. Uh, his father's disappeared. His grandfather's obviously dead at this point. Um, and he um, he starts crying because he feels so bad that Kato has now been dragged into this. And he should have just gone by himself. Yep. Um, but Ka- And when they found out what happened to his... They asked what happened to his father. Mm-hmm. And his father died in a car accident. And there was something like a puppet in the tire... Tr- in the, uh, the tire... Um, well. <sighs> the t- yeah, the wheel mm-hmm. well. And so... And so that's a pre, and so that was a bit of foreshadowing of what's about to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he and uh, they're on the train, and then one of the guys in a suit is on the train as well. Yep. And um, they uh, they start fighting, uh, but then one of the guys in a suit appears on the train tracks, and uh, the train tries to stop, but it's not able to. And the the pu- and it's real that it's a puppet because it gets destroyed. It gets demolished, shattered, mm-hmm. and we see and we see an, clockwork an clockwork pieces mm-hmm. and no no blood, no guts, just clockwork pieces in its frame and its clothes being shredded. And an arm flies by the window, and that's when Kato's clued in that these aren't humans; that they're that they're puppets. Yeah. Um. And um. Uh, but the train gets derailed. Um. By the material, the, the puppet gets between the train and the tires, and its mm-hmm. material strong enough to derail it. Yep, the train, the train and the train wheels, um, the tracks and the wheels, uh-huh. um, and it, uh, it derails it, and it just crashes, and it happens. But it happens so, at, as the, as they are crashing, as they're derailing and going out, out of control, Kato grabs the marionette that's still in the, that's still in the room with them, trying to take them, and grabs him bodily and pulls himself and the marionette out a window mm-hmm. smashing through a window as the thing as the train is crashing which upsets Masaru even more but the train finally stops mm-hmm. um and he gets off the train and just as he gets off the train he um he sees a ma- another man in a suit just as pale faced but he's not um this guy follows a very specific anime trope, which is a villainous assassin with a pale face and an evil eyes and a too cool exterior. We don't meet him just yet, not yet. Don't but, we? No, but we still we meet the first. We meet another puppet, and this puppet has its arms extended for some reason. Right. And then we we don't meet him face to face until he brings his personalized puppet because he's watching them from the shadows the entire time. Right. Um, that yeah. doesn't happen yeah. yet. Okay. Doesn't so happen no, at, the, at this mm-hmm. point. At this point, um, this is so, so just so just before Kato jumps out, uh, the boy uh, Masaru 
is weeping and apologizing, saying, I'm so sorry I brought you into this. Now you're going to die with me. I should have just let them kill me. And then you could have lived a happy life and not even been involved. Mm -hmm. And that's... And then... Sorry, Kato. Oh, that that would be my lanyard from Anime Bonsai. Is that Raftalia? No, she's got multiple multiple tails. Sorry, I took I took a look at the <laughs> lanyard and it looks like Raftalia. But anyway, yeah, just a little bit. You got the uh, the ears, but uh... but it's a fox because it's got nine tails. Yes. So anyway, uh, anyway, and the, and the ears are two pointed. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, he uh, uh, Kato backhands Masaru at that point, mm-hmm. and then. To, 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 to break his hysteria and then tells him, you know, all you can do during times like this is smile. Mm-hmm. And never be afraid to call out for help. Mm-hmm. And then he sacrifices himself and jumps out the window. Um, and so, encouraged by that, that act... Um, Masaru starts crying out for Shiragane. And once he utters her name loud enough to be heard, he, he was kind of whispering it and trying to build up the courage to do it. And once he shouts her name loud enough to be heard, out of nowhere, a spotlight hits. Levels. <laughs> out of nowhere, a spotlight hits. And, uh, and, and the camera pans up and we see Shiragane on a cross ro- on a tightrope. In a very tuxedo mask kind of pose, like suddenly, mm-hmm. suddenly tuxedo mask. <laughs> suddenly Shirogane. Yeah. Um, but then Shirogane. Suddenly Fakir. And this entire time, they don't know if Shirogane is a boy or a girl. Like they say he or she in English all the time. Yeah. But they, but in Japanese, they have some pronouns that are gender neutral, and that's what they're using the entire time. So an unknown. Um, mm-hmm. So it's an unknown. And then Shirogane shows up, and it's the beautiful silver-haired girl mm-hmm. uh, in the jumpsuit, or in the um. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. in the jumpsuit, uh, she comes down and she unitard. Will... It's a bit big to be a unitard. Doesn't have sleeves or. I guess it's not a jumpsuit. Well, it's not a leotard, but I was wondering if it was going to. Be... I have to look up the terms and see what they're. Yeah. Like anyways, anyways, she comes down and she um, opens up the suitcase and takes out this puppet, and she uh, she then controls this puppet to destroy the other puppet that's attacking them as if it's mm-hmm. nothing. Or the, and this this puppet, uh, she calls it uh, in in the subtitles. They say Harley Quinn with an uh, A, but again online, it's referred to as Harley Quinn everywhere. Yeah. So and um, it, its design is quite interesting because the face is broken at the left eye. Yeah, the left eye is broken, and its left arm is missing as well. But it uses its. It, it looks it like, like it's it uses, using its left arm as its. As it's using its left arm as like a spear. Yeah. So I rip my arm off and beat you to death with it. Mm-hmm. That's not as good as ripping someone else's arm off and beating them to death with it. But uh, anyway. But my favorite expression. Mm-hmm. My favorite expression with that is I will rip your arms off and beat them to death with you. Mm-hmm. And so it's just picturing taking somebody ripping their arms off mm-hmm. and grabbing them by their feet and whacking their arms with mm-hmm. their torso. And that's kind of the end of the first, like, she she defeats him, and then they try to go off. Um... Uh, and that that's when, well, what happens is, um, uh, Kato comes back, bloodied up. Yeah, Kato comes back, bloodied up. And, and, because, and, um, uh, Shiragane is on high alert, so she assumes Kato's an enemy. 
and Kato is on high alert because he sees her working with a marionette and marionettes are attacking him, so they assume mm-hmm. the others are enemies of the boy, and they're both willing to fight each other to the death to save the boy's life, not knowing that they're allies uh-huh. in the cause. Um, and so they start to fight each other, and that's when Masaru jumps into the middle of them and then gets a full hit from Kato, and now needs to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's not just Kato that hits him. It's Kato... And Shirogane hit him, mm. um, and they both. He needs to go to the hospital, and that's the end of the first episode. Is um, well, she uh, tells him. Uh, Shirogane tells him that he doesn't. She doesn't need his help, and goes off. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that's the end of the first episode, or it's around there. Um, well, it, the, the episode. There's a lot that gets packed into these little episodes, actually. Yeah. And so yeah. things progress quite quickly. I'm trying to remember what happens. So, yeah, I don't remember... Well, the thing is, we watched this show mm-hmm. on Amazon Prime, which has a... Which really skips does... Skips the closing s- credits. Skips closing credits and just goes into the next episode very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I actually had to manually stop that so I could watch the closing credits at least once. I I didn't ever bother to watch the closing credits because I knew that we were going to be running late tonight. Um, but anyways... Um... Okay, well... Uh, so she goes off and uh, and takes him with her uh, over her back, and she's going to mm-hmm. try to find a hospital for him. And he uh, and uh, Kato uh, is standing there trying to decide what to do with his life because, yeah, mm-hmm. he could have, he, it's not his business anymore. He could go back to what he was doing, and she seems to be taking care of him, but mm-hmm. something's nagging at him, and <coughs> no, he, he just can't deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so, it's raining, it's Sunday, so mm-hmm. all the main hospitals are closed, and she's trying to hail a cab, but mm-hmm. she's in a ridiculous unitard uh, outfit, jumpsuit thing, and ta- the cabs are not stopping for her. And so, Kato finds them, yells at her, tells her, you know, you're being ridiculous, you can't care for him like this by yourself, you're going to get him killed, come with me, I know a clinic. Who will open up for me. Okay, Unitard doesn't look like it has sleeves. Okay, so so her outfit covers from oh, her wait, neck. Oh, wait, no, 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 It's a Unitard yeah. because, like, there's, like, there's full body ones. It, it's, yeah, it's a Unitard. Okay. So. So it goes out, the sleeve goes out, they go out to her wrist, and it goes down to her feet, but it's open across the soles. There's, like, a, an elastic band across mm-hmm. the arch of her foot and it covers the tops of her foot, mm-hmm. but her the soles of her feet are bare. Like what she's wearing. The girl with the blue unitard. So it is it is a unitard she's wearing. It's very close to that, but there's yeah. also some kind of spats. Just the shoe covering. I think those are separate. It's like the bow tie thing is separate over it. Okay. So. It's just her feet are bare, but there's something covering over them. So mm-hmm. it's like a, a decorative spat yeah. over her feet so um but anyways um yeah so uh kato comes out and sees him and he kind of calls her out for you know um uh for you know taking so long to help him uh she's like well all the hospitals are closed so i was trying to get out a taxi to get him somewhere where he can get help he's like of course all the hospitals are closed it's sunday but i know a local doctor so come with me and i'll go ahead and take care of him 
And so they go, and the doctor gets all grouchy about having to be woken up and working on a Sunday, and says, mm-hmm. "Why can't you? Why can't you keep regular hours like a normal person?" And then he sees how pretty the girl is, and says, "Come in, come in." Yeah, because you know, no one has emergencies on a Sunday ever. But anyways, <laughs> only when they're demiring the ox. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> takes care of the boy, uh, puts a bandage on his arm or whatnot. Um, and then, um... Apparently, yeah. the, the boy the boy was uh, well, pretty well winded mm-hmm. and needed five stitches on his arm. But mostly mm-hmm. it was just bruises and he was pretty easy to patch up after all that. Um, and the boy's slowly regaining consciousness and he ends up holding both of their hands. Yeah, yeah. But both Shirogane and Kato end up holding one of his hands. It's why they're yelling at each other about whose fault it is and things like that. He ends up holding both their hands. Um, And uh, actually, I'm pretty sure this is still episode one. I think it is. Yeah. But anyway, that's right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is still episode one. Um, But uh, Because because after he... Because then the assassins... Because we still meet him in the first episode. Yeah. The assassin, uh, which I've got his name right here. Let me look at it. Um, the assassin, um, Ashihana. Uh. Um, he says, yeah, they took out three regular marionettes. Um, but we, I still have a chance to get them. Do I have permission to use so-and-so? I forget what the name is, but it's his own personal marionette. Yeah, it's a, f- a feminine mm-hmm. name, and it sounded uh, mm-hmm. like Charlotte or something like something that. Something like that. Something. Um, but anyways, he... Um, um, but he shows up with that marionette, and so, um, Shirogane, uh, responds in kind, mm-hmm. and, uh, is trying to defeat it, and then they battle, they and, battle. and it's clear that Shirogane has well, a much... Let, I, this is something that I wanted to talk about, okay, I wrote right. down the actual quote here. Okay. Um, so, um, he, uh, the assassin is bragging about his, um, his marionette, and how... Shirogana's marionette looks broken and worn down, and he's like, I'm gonna go, I'm just gonna destroy that. It's like like you're nothing. Um, and he brings his he's got this massive club and he swings with it, and he says, uh, this hit uh, and this is a, this like we all knew it was coming, but it was still awesome to see. He's like, This hit has the strength to destroy concrete walls as he swings it, and then she just catches it. <laughs> yeah. Like it's nothing with the with, one with arm. With the one arm remaining. With the one arm Harley Quinn has. And then she just breaks the club like it's nothing. Shatters she then grabs me. his head. And while he's trying to get away, uh, like it won't budge, won't move. And she just destroys his marionette like it's nothing. Yes. Um, and then we actually learn why they're going to need to team up in order to protect the boy. Because, because as she's defending, mm-hmm. as she's battling his marionette, he sent three thugs to get into the in there. And they all have um, combat, all, knives. combat knives. Mm-hmm. And they're, they've got the boy. And she realizes she can't help the boy. There, there, there's no way of helping him in this situation. If she does anything, they'll kill him. And the assassin says, go ahead. And so one of the uh, thugs is about to kill the boy when, when Kato, Kato demonstrates what he's good for. Now, when in the subway scene, he's clearly well-skilled. He, th- he says... Let me show you what I learned from martial arts in China. Yeah. And then he throws a massive punch at one of the marionettes, and you see the force that it would have done to him, but it was a marionette and it did basically nothing. Yeah. Now he gets to show off on people that he can beat up. And he beats the tar out of these three guys like they're nothing. He just, like, just smashes them around like they're nothing. Yeah. Um, And they all run away uh, from him. Uh, And, like, 
so um, it's beautiful. Uh, Shirogane realizes that she can't protect him on her own um, because she, while she's focused on the marionette battles, you know, other things can happen to him. Other things yeah. can happen to the boy. Um, and so they go back to Kato's house. Mm-hmm. And um, she makes this meal for, I think this is being an episode two, they're at his house. She uh-huh. makes this meal for him, uh, for, for them, and it's this really, really good food. Um, the boy... Um, they have some domestic humor about mm-hmm. uh, taking a bath and... Some domestic humor about taking a bath. And, like, she she, she goes into the bath first because she's, she says, you can't wash your arm yourself because it's hurt. Let me help you. Let me help you. And then he realizes, oh, crap, he can't hurt... He can't wash his arm on his own. I've got to go help him. And so he goes up and he opens up the door and she's in there already. Already. And yep. so... So he freaks out and goes away. Um, but there's also like a scene, like we kind of learn more about the boy's situation where his mother's dead. His mother was a mistress to the father of this family. Who and is the heir apparent to a this, multi-billion dollar corporation. Yeah, multi-billion dollar corporation. Like, apparently they're a, a, like, only, only in Japan would a major software and automobile developing company exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, he, um... But yeah, the boy finds mm-hmm. out that yeah, well, apparently the boy. Uh, so the boy's eleven. Mm-hmm. He had apparently met um, Shiragane when he was four, but doesn't remember. But her. doesn't remember her because they both were went to, were at a French. Um, it was in France. They were in a French mm-hmm. circus, and that's when his grandfather, the boy's grandfather, um, rescued. Uh, Shiragane and her mother from whatever servitude that they were stuck in, mm-hmm. and uh, and so Shiragane, so as her debt to him, she agrees to mm-hmm. watch over and protect this boy when the time comes. Mm-hmm. Um, we also and then mm-hmm. we find out that the boy had only known that he was the heir to this big conglomerate for the last four years, and so at some point at the age of seven is when his mother died and he became. Um, and then he was adopted by his grand. He he was brought into the family by his grandfather. Yeah, and his grandfather was the one who really showed him any kindness. Yeah, uh, in the family, everybody Everyone else was super jealous that this boy came out of nowhere. And now suddenly he's the heir apparent of the of the entire empire. Yeah, so so and all the money's going to be his. Yeah, so mm-hmm. he's there. There's a lot of uh, contention, and like he, the boy is again crying, and he says, "I didn't want any of the money. The only thing that I wanted was to be able to buy a grave." For my mother, yeah, and then like then and that gets um, Kato, uh, and he looks away from the boy. Um, he looks away from the boy and is po- posed casually, but really he's like, but oh, and he's really just cr- he's just bawling his eyes out. Like, how do I even look at this boy after knowing all this? It's it's a it's a I don't care pose. Yes. is what he's in. He's in he he's got he's laying on the ground. He's got his head on his shoulder type thing with his elbow resting up, propping yeah. his arm up, or yeah. like his head on his hand and his elbow propping his head up. Looking away from the boy, it's the, it's the I don't care tough guy po- pose. It's it's and comes it's, in the with pose, the food. it's the pose that Aqua often adopts on a couch. I have been in this pose for the last twenty four hours. I haven't even moved from this spot. Gosh, freaking Aqua, Aqua, that worthless woman. Um, anyways, um, anyways, uh, she. Um, <laughs> um, so but yeah, yeah. So, but no, so, no, no. Uh, Shirogane so walks in happen. and she sees him in that pose and thinks that that's actually what's going on. That he's just kind of in this "I don't care" mode. But then we see his face and he's fighting back the tears. Yeah. Um. 
But and then we have the shower scene and things like that. And then the boy um, needs to go to the bathroom in and, the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, and Shirogani's like, "Well, let me come with you." And he says, "No, no, no, no I can do it on my own." Yeah. And as he's going to the bathroom, a puppeteer grabs him and pulls him through the window. Yeah. And Shirogane and um, Kato come after them, but um, they uh, turns out they're unable to take care of the situation. The 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 marionette that. Sh- Shiragane would need is too far away, mm-hmm. and these guys managed to capture the boy and run away with him. And they and they blindside Kato, so Kato, like some some martial artist blindsides Kato yeah. and accuses him of being an amateur and laughing at him, and they run off. They get into a van and drive off, and that someone tries to knock that van off the road, um, or not a van, it's like a kind of a semi. Mm. Uh, it tries to, to crash into it so they can't drive anywhere, um, and they're running after them. Um, and then the guy in who tried to knock that semi off the road, turns out it's the assassin. And he says, yeah. stop, you're not going to catch them. I know exactly where they're going. And like, wait, what's going on? And he says, look, there's two factions. There's my faction, which is the kill him faction. Uh-huh. We've been hired to kill the boy. Or there's the kidnap him faction, which wants to kidnap him and force him to be adopted by another member of this family. So there's two factions right now. And because their goal is kind of aligned right now, where they're trying to get to the boy, mm-hmm. they grow. They team up with the assassin faction to get to the the stronghold of this rich old man. Um, I'm trying to remember if there's anything else that really happens in this episode. I mean, not a whole lot. Um, I they. I'm trying to remember where everything everything breaks up. I know we've gotten things out of order and whatever that doesn't really matter, but um, they or we've gotten where the episode ends out of order. But again, that doesn't really matter because um, all this happens in the first three episodes, it, and it flows um, it flows so well one into the other mm-hmm. that this is one of the reasons we watch anime is because the the serialization mm-hmm. of the it, it's a non serialized mm-hmm. story flow. Mm-hmm. He just goes one after another after another, and you just keep up mm-hmm. with it, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that my last two bits are from the final episode, though, mm-hmm. so I don't think they get to the manor until the final episode. Right. Um, okay, so they do get to the well, manor. Not final episode, but episode uh, three. Episode three. Mm-hmm. So they do get to the manor, and they get to the manor, um, and the assassins are already there trying to get in, and there is a booby-trapped front gate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the assassins pulls out his marionettes to try to, uh, so as we're describing these marionettes, what they are is they are, f- it's, it's a very interesting, uh, animation style is these marionettes are about seven feet tall mm-hmm. and are controlled by strings that the, 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 the standard anime wire thin string where you just see a highlight of it, but the string itself, you Maybe you see it, maybe you don't. And the rings that go on and, the very and, tip of your fingers. And there's all five strings that one attached to the tips of your fingers. And whatever you're supposed to be doing with your fingers, you're controlling this marionette. Well, he goes to try to bombard the front gate. And the front gate stops his marionette and then traps oh, it. But, but before we should say, but, but before that, we should say that they broke into the compound. And the assassin's like, what are you doing? Like, this is crazy. We should sneak around. And Kato's like, no, we're charging into the front gate. And he rides his motorcycle through the front gate and then proceeds to beat the tar out of every single guy who comes up against him. <laughs> um, and then 
we see it like the guy with his Marion like they shut the main gates because they're they're losing uh-huh. um and then one of the assassins brings up his marionette to attack the gate and then this is what happens right. mm-hmm. so the gate's booby trapped with these two spinning um <coughs> grinders that are demolish the marionette and then trap and so the guy's glo- gloves that has the strings on it don't come off and start pulling him towards the trap as well. Mm-hmm. And then we find out just how cold uh, Shiragane really is. Because mm-hmm. Kato wants to save him. And Shiragane says, this is a man who was paid to kill the boy that we that we're sworn to protect. Just one less of them to deal with later. Mm-hmm. And then she lets him die. And yeah, and we see, and he, we see, hear his death screams. Uh, we see, yeah. like, his death happens off camera, but we know how he died. And it's not a, not a happy death. Um, but, uh, which reminds me, I was actually watching a, um, a compilation video on YouTube today, which was, uh, all the times James Bond has killed people, starting from Dr. No all the way to Skyfall. He's killed a lot of people. And the, the, yeah, the list, it just, the counter comes up and it goes, it's, it's more than 320 by the time it gets to the end of that list. I think it's like 329 or something like that. Uh-huh. But I was reminded of, um, uh, it was, uh. Uh, Timothy Dalton's um, it's not it's not Living Daylights it's the other one License to Kill mm-hmm. where Benicio Del Toro is the thug who gets fed into a uh, in, cocaine grinder. the cocaine grinder yeah and so very similar yeah yeah it's similar uh, anyway um, but, I, but I was just bringing that up because mm-hmm. uh, I had forgotten just how good the music in GoldenEye is oh yeah the music's amazing GoldenEye <laughs> Like the, yeah, that, that, just just watching one of the Golden Knight clips. It was the best music of the entire yeah the music the entire of, run. It's yeah, beautiful. Well, uh, you know that he was supposed to be Bond uh, for the last Dalton film. Like he was wait, signing wait, on Pierce Brosnan. Was he was signing on to be Bond, but then at the last minute they renewed uh, Remington Steele for another season. Oh yeah. Well, so, I'm, gl- I'm glad he got his chance. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Anyway, um, he um. Uh, so uh, Shirogane then brings out um, Harley Quinn, yes. and uh, there's another puppeteer who's sitting on the roof of this, and again she's mocking Harley Quinn, and you know not thinking anything of it. But Harley Quinn rips through the gate as if it was nothing, not yeah. like just boom, gone. And then three of the assassins run run through the now open gate and are immediately blown up by mini bombs. By these mini bombs thrown by the puppeteer on top of the on top of the gate. It's like, did you um, forget about me? And so that now that the gate's open, she now is standing on the other side of it mm-hmm. to block the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, she and Shirogane uh, square off against each other. And again, she's like saying, "I've been trained to be a puppeteer since I was a child. You know, you're you're nothing compared to me." And so she starts throwing bombs. And uh, Kato and the assassin leader are just like, crap, she's got bombs, what are you doing? And so they dive to the side, and nothing happens. And then the puppeteer's like, what the crap just happened? And Shirogane opens up the puppet's hands, and she caught all of the bombs. And then which she kind says, of reminds me of the, been, mm-hmm. which kind of reminds me of the uh, the bell test in Ninja Turtles two. Mm-hmm. And this line was another like I know technically this was written first. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check what it says actually in Japanese, uh-huh. but it's very very much a uh, you are born in the sh- like you like I was born into the shadows. You merely adopted it. <laughs> you know uh, what Bane says. I was says, born in it. Yeah. Molded by it. I was born in it. Molded by it. I hadn't seen the light of day till I was already a man. 
Um, but he, uh, but she, and she says, you may have been a puppet, trained as a puppeteer since I was a child. And then she throws the bombs and says, but I was born a puppeteer. <laughs> Blows her up. And just destroys his other puppeteer like she's nothing. And so throughout all of this, um, Masada's not just doing nothing. Uh-huh. He, um, he, uh. So, so, okay, actually, yeah, episode two ends. I remember now. Episode two ends with him unconscious in a bed being looked over by a incredibly creepy old man. Yeah. With, yeah. with the mm-hmm. most evil, sadistic, possibly mm-hmm. rapey smile you've ever seen. Just an awful, horrendous smile because he the only thing he cares about is the money. And yeah. he knows that by adopting this boy, he'll have access to that money. Yeah. Um, but he, and he's pretending to be this nice old man, and but Mas, Masaru apparently is really good at reading people because he knows the entire time that this old man is no good, that this old man is evil, that he's up to something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Masaru then gets up and gets dressed as this old man is trying to be charming and fatherly to him and saying how he protects, he's protecting him from the bad people. Like, now the bad people can't get you anymore. It's okay. And he's just thinking to himself, I know this guy's a liar because he's saying that Kato and Shirogane are bad people. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact they're not. Yes. Um... But uh, he, like, eats a bite of his breakfast and says, I'm, you know, I don't, like, I'm full. I need to go to the bathroom. And I was like, oh, it's just down the hall. And he goes to the uh, the door, and then suddenly the old man is, like, standing right behind him. Like, really, really too close. Like, you know, an inch away from him and just, like, leaning over him, uh, like, on, like, an inch away from the door type thing. Uh-huh. And uh, he's like, I'll go with you. Um, and Masato just pushes him over and then just bolts and he runs and he goes and he hides and he gets inside of a cupboard and in this cupboard he reads, he finds a book that's got his father's name on it and it turns out it's his father's journal and he sees his own name in it and he realizes that his father's been aware of him this entire time. It's not just, he didn't just stumble on him. Masaru, according to his father's plan, Masaru is bait. To, and he knows he knows what his family is going to do once he names Masaru the heir. Yeah. That his family is going to hire this clan of puppeteers that they've been working with for thousands of years uh-huh. um, to either kidnap or kill the boy. Um, and, uh, and it's the, his goal to destroy this clan. Yes. And he wants the clan to destroy itself using Masaru as bait. Um, yeah. And so mm-hmm. uh, the boy then knows this. Mm-hmm. A little while later, he... Okay. Um, no, but now we, ne- now we need to go back to uh, Kato and Shiragane. Uh-huh. Because they go... They're running down this... Well, it looks like a stone corridor. Right? They're outside, but there's a brick wall on either side of them, and they're running down this pathway. Mm-hmm. And they get to a point, and suddenly the floor opens up under... They're talking about traps and things like that, and yeah. like the floor, the the, the, uh, the like yeah, the, the pathway outside yeah. opens up underneath them, and Shirogane falls in. Kato grabs her as she's falling, but then as soon as he grabs her, he gets a panic attack, or he gets one of his strangling attacks, and so he loses his ability to hold on to hold on to her, or or stay up, stay up, and so he falls in with her, but then wraps her around him and prepares himself to take the full force of whatever the blow was and says, mm-hmm. I am not dying here today and neither are you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
we go back to the old man and the boy. The old man has found the boy and has been beating him bloody with his cane. Beating him with a cane, yep. Um, and finally saying, are you going to let me adopt you now, type thing. Like, trying to beat him into submission. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, the old man... And, and the old man says, the, the people who you think were coming to rescue you are dead. You want to go see? Uh-huh. And so he takes the boy somewhere. We cut to the uh, a dark, dank cave. Mm-hmm. And Kato, uh, um, Kato is embracing Shiragane, and she wakes up, realizes she's being held, and immediately assumes you know somebody's doing something to her in her sleep and jumps off. Yeah, and then but once and then once she's on her feet again, she says, "Oh right, we fell. And you saved me. You saved me." Mm-hmm. So it just took her a moment to get her bearings, but she got him. Um, and she sees how bloodied up he is and sees that he's having a, an attack. And she has had such a childhood in terms of learning how mm-hmm. to control these marionettes that she never learned how to laugh. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. he, and so, and I wrote this down as one of my things is that she wants to help him. She knows he's dying of this condition. She wants to, she wants to laugh for him. But she doesn't know how, and he does. He put. He makes a funny face, and tries to make her laugh. Says, "Oh, was I supposed to laugh at that?" Oh. Mm-hmm. And, and no. But the thing I wrote down was, "Okay, I'm going to tell you something funny, and this is going to make you laugh." We were destined to be together. It's like you're going to be like you're going to be my girl. You're going to be my girl. And she's like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, she 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 doesn't find that funny at all. Yeah, but. She's also not opposed to the idea at this point. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that she wasn't opposed to the idea heals his heart. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's something about making people laugh that is, good, that is good for your soul in the same way that being loved is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so there's some parallel there that mm-hmm. is a budding relationship between these two mm-hmm. that is actually looking pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but... Uh, they're in this monitor room that's, again, like the classic 90s monitoring room where it's just a, like it's a big computer with a whole bunch of screens and stuff. And, like, the boy says, hey, they're not dead, they're alive, which the old man is very upset about. And the boy decides to just go ahead and go for it, and he goes to, he breaks a window and goes to the window. And But he, he discovers looks out, he's, like, he's above the treetops. Yeah, he's above the treetops. Um, and he's like, crap, uh, what, like, I don't know if I'm going to survive this. And he starts like crying again, but then he has kind of this inner monologue because the old man knows that he, like, he's had, like, at this point he has to talk the boy out of it. He's got to talk the boy down. Otherwise, you know, he's like, I'm sorry, I won't beat you anymore. Please come down here. Please come down here. Let me adopt you. Um, and he has this inner monologue about how he's done crying. He's no, he's going to leave the cry baby behind and become the person he needs to be in order to survive this ordeal. And he jumps. Yes. And he jumps. And you and I both kind of talked about, um, made this, made, uh, made a mention of this. And he jumps and he falls. And uh, the assassins are about to be defeated by a marionette driver. It's the same marionette or pilot the, the, that, uh, the, the, the that kidnapped, kidnapped him. him. Yeah. And he falls through the trees and he's ca- and he's crying out. And they all look up and he headbutts the guy who head kidnapped to head. him. Uh-huh. Head to head. Just slam. And... Uh, Falls over. <laughs> yeah. The guy goes unconscious and then he gets up. Like, he's kind of in pain, but he gets up. And then the assassin says, wait, the little boy? 
no, wait, he looks completely different. Those are the eyes of a beast. And the boy has a very, very serious look on his face now, not and, that of a little boy no longer. And that's when the boy gets turns, then the boy turns to him and says, you're the man who is paid to kill me, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yes I am. I want to hire you to come join my side. Mm-hmm. And that's when he sees the eyes. And that's when he sees the eyes of a beast. And, and that's the end of episode that's three. That's the end of episode three. I can't mm-hmm. wait to watch more of this. Oh, I'm, yeah. This is going, they have 20 episodes so far. 36 planned. Oh, it's, is this still ongoing? It's still ongoing. The oh, latest episode went up on the 20th. So the next episode should be up today or tomorrow sometime. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. 20, 36 episodes. Ushio and Tora was two seasons of, I want to say, 24, 25 episodes apiece. I'm probably wrong. I'll have to look it up. I, but it's a long one. No, I think there's I think there's a total of 60 episodes for Ushio and Tora. Um, anyways, um, this show was awesome. Holy crap. Like, if you like 90s anime, this is exactly what you're looking for. Okay? Um, great action, great character development. The character designs all stand out. Um, there's nothing that feels cookie-cutter about any of the character designs. No, they're, um, they're, they're all unique enough and mm-hmm. original enough that they're mm-hmm. delightful but and not, you could see where not too tropey. You haven't watched much... Um, much um, <coughs> shoot, um... JoJo's yet, have you? No, I haven't watched no, any season, of JoJo's. In season three of JoJo, they start fighting with spirits called stands, and each per, each person who fights has a unique ability given to them because of these stands. Um, and uh, this show, while this this came after JoJo, JoJo's been around since the I want to say the mid eighties. I'll have to double check that. Um, but JoJo, but um, uh, shoot, uh, this is very similar to JoJo where. They battle with the stands. Um, so in this one, they're battling with puppets. Okay. Other than that. But, uh, yeah, it's I'm looking forward to it. I uh, oh, We also learned that um, the girl, uh, real fast, uh, we see some of Shirogane's past. And, uh, like, she was trained with... She was trained to maintain... Her earliest memory is her being trained to use a puppet. Uh-huh. And whenever she had wrong posture or something wrong with her hands... Her hands were hit with a cane. So it's not dissimilar from any flashback scenes we see of uh, Black Widow when she was trained to be an assassin yeah. as a young girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, by, by some very very stern mistress. Mm-hmm. Oh, real fast, one more thing I wanted to share was the very first thing I wrote down because it was the opening of the first episode. The uh, opening songs performed by Bump of Chicken, which is one of my favorite Japanese bands. They did Sailing Day, which was one of the openings used for One Piece. I think it was used for the opening of one of the movies. Okay. Um, they also did the opening song for um, Tales of the Abyss, which is one of the Ooh. best JRPGs I've ever played. Um, they just have... They're an amazing band. They have this great sound to them and just, you know, numerous incredible songs. And they did the opening for uh, for this. So... Uh, which you know, You're talking about that actually reminded me of a video of mm-hmm. Gigax I watched earlier that he explained how, mm-hmm. you know, Japanese is now a brand. It's not just animation from Japan because it's, mm-hmm. that, it's now globally recognized. Like, mm-hmm. is this... like, well, And how the soundtrack mm-hmm. to Maiden Abyss was recorded mm-hmm. in Vienna, Austria. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um... They also did the opening theme for Grand Blue Fantasy, which we've also watched on this show. Oh, Bump of Chicken? Did yeah, Bump of Chicken the opening, for, of Chicken Grand the opening for Grand Blue Fan- Fantasy. Okay. They've done, they've done a lot. 
I mean, mostly they're mostly they're a rock band, but you know they're not opposed to making money <laughs> doing uh, music for anime. So yeah, it was mm-hmm. One Piece movie four. Okay. One Piece movie four. Um. Anyway, um. I'll have to send you the song. Send you the song. Um. I love okay. this show. I thought it was awesome. I can't wait to watch more. Yes. Absolutely cannot wait to watch more. It's it's gripping. It holds your attention. It is well paced. Mm-hmm. It doesn't spend its time trying to find. It doesn't waste its time through the episodes. No, no, no. It's it, there, there's it is, there's not a lot of fluff. No, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, so that's it for this week's three episodes. In next week is my pick, and yep. I'm very excited about this pick. It's a comedy. Uh-huh. It's called Endro, and it's currently airing in the land of Naro Island, a land of magic and swords. Humans and monsters live together. Once upon a time, there used to be a terrifying demon lord, but long, long ago, the first hero defeated the demon lord. The demon lord would revive again and again throughout the ages, but every time a hero would appear to defeat it. Now these young girls attend an adventurer's academy to prepare them to defeat the demon lord that will one day rise again. This is the beginning of a laid-back fantasy life with no sign of the demon lord for these four who hope to become a party of heroes. The way that it starts, Mm -hmm. the reason I'm excited about the way that it starts, is that... These four girls are adults, and they are a party of heroes, and they defeat the Demon Lord. The Demon Lord then goes back in time, and becomes these heroes' teacher. And she's constantly sitting on these tasks in the hopes of killing them. (laughs) That sounds amazing. Uh Uh-huh. Because she doesn't want to be defeated by them again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... So, yeah, apparently it's like the first three minutes of the first episode that happens. But anyway. Uh, that, that, yeah. that is that is a twist on the Aku theme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so I'm very excited to give it a watch. Um, we'll, guys, we'll give you guys our opinion on it and talk about the first three episodes next week. Fantastic. All right, uh, so that's it for three episodes in. Now it's time for Recommendation of the Week, and this is your turn. Okay, so this week I'm going to go ahead and recommend something we talked about during the show. Writing Bean. Mm-hmm. So, I think this show is really funny. It is not for kids. It is not child-friendly. There is full full frontal nudity within the first ten minutes because uh, some guy uh, who's robbing a bank um, it takes a woman hostage and then uh, makes her very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's, it's graphic in certain ways, but it's also hilariously delightful. Mm-hmm. There are scenes, so in one scene, Bean gets shot in the forehead, right in his bandana. And all mm-hmm. he, his only response is that his head goes back, and it goes forward again. And then his eyes kind of goggle, shakes it off, puts a finger up inside of his bandana, pops the bullet out. And he's fine. Now, the next thing he does, which is absolutely terrifying, he's going after a guy, and he's got a bowie knife. And he throws, and this, and they're in a parking garage, and he throws the bowie knife through a car window into a car door across the other side. So, so it comes in the, well, I guess Japan it switched, but if in America it would have into the door of the passenger side window, ripping the door off of its hinges and in, and nailing it to the door of the car next to it. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to pick up his knife and he pulls it out and then the door f- falls down. Mm-hmm. So, so with throwing a knife 
He didn't even throw it. He, he didn't even make a posture like he was throwing it that hard. He just, <laughs> he's just that ridiculously strong. I, I need to watch Riding Beat at some point. Like, I, I really need to watch Riding Beat at some point. Um, sorry. It's been a very long time since I've watched it, and it's just one of those things I can't watch with the kids around. Yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, while you were talking about that, I decided to go and look into more of Megumin, uh, Megumin's voice uh, um, acting career. Yes. She is the White Kitty in Hello Kitty. Oh. She is Ray from Evangelion. Oh. She has just had this incredible, incredible career as a voice actress. Uh, this spanning is decades. Yeah, spanning decades. Uh, she is one of the characters in Macross. Uh, she is, um, I think it's, uh, she's Lucy. Lucy McMillan. Okay. She is the female version of Ramna. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, so she has just had this absolutely incredible career. Just okay. holy cow. What a voice actress. All I right. Mean, so, okay, anyways. Time so, for your creator shout-out. Time for the creator shout-out. Um, oh, she's Rebecca in One Piece and a bunch of other characters as well. Okay, cool. Um, anyways, um, creator shout-out. Aiba Biosuke. Again, this is another artist I came across thanks to Imgur. Um, Imgur's really good at doing art artist dumps. So, like, people will just find it, like, we'll have pictures done by the same artist, and someone will, like, post 20 of their pictures, and this guy just has some absolutely incredible fantasy artwork. Okay. okay? Um, one of the coolest dragons I've ever seen was drawn by this guy. Um, I tried finding a bunch of their social media links, but I didn't. I couldn't find anything on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram for them. The only thing I could find was their Twitter. So we'll have that on our site for you guys. Okay. Um, but again, uh, if you want to take a look at just some phenomenal art, go ahead and look up Aiba Ryosuke. Fantastic. All right. Uh, well, thanks so much for listening in this week. If you listened on YouTube, please feel free to like this episode and subscribe to our channel. If you like what we do and want to support us, please spread the word of our podcast or even support us on Patreon. Where can they find us on social media? Our site, WhitakerWeekly.com, currently has links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, Patreon page, and YouTube channel. We encourage all our listeners to follow us on the social media platform of their preference, and if there's one we're not on yet, please reach out to us on one of the ones we've mentioned, and we'll broaden our scope to include you. Alright, well, I want to go ahead and give a shout-out to Ben Coombs for providing the artwork for us. And another shout-out to Brazmataz for their song, Dreykolk, which we use for our opening and closers. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening this week. I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been a Whitaker Weekly. You guys have a great week.